0: Good morning. Good morning, morning, everyone. We have uh, another congregation online that has now tripled, and we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds uh, that are watching us. Uh, You can go to churchinthesun.com slash prayer. While we're speaking here, you can put in your prayer request, Uh, but in all of our our congregation that's all over the world, Uh, let's welcome them uh, again, all of our online online, We have come on this beautiful morning with great expectation in our hearts. I'd like you to say these three words, "In in the fire. One more time. We're going to look at three guys, three young men that were actually headed towards the fire and actually ended up there because of doing the right thing, and it became the trial of all trials. I want to pick up this story in Daniel chapter 3, and if you Have your uh, smartphone you can follow. Uh, I hope that you'll take a moment and make some notes and that God will speak directly and something very uh, profound will happen today to each of us. Chapter 3, Daniel, beginning here with verse number 14. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up. Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, whatever that is, (laughs) lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down, and worship the image I made, very good. But, but if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you? It's interesting that this king, Nebuchadnezzar, The story takes place in 600 B.C. You'll recall that he has been conquering the nations of the world. Some years before this story, he moved in on the nation of Israel and called from the nation the best and the brightest, the ones that would in our culture go to Yale or to Harvard or one of the great schools of our country. It was his practice to bring them back and to raise them up as the next generation of world changers. Daniel was with the group here and over time now, Daniel is over the province like a big leader of everything. And these three guys are on the cabinet with the big Mr. Nebuchadnezzar. Things are static. And now, on one day, the king has a crazy idea. And the crazy idea is that He's going to put up this image, and most believe it was an image of himself. And he was going to call in all of his leaders. And some accounts say there were literally thousands that were there. And it's interesting that it refers here to worship. They have their band. They have all their instruments. And it's an outdoor service. And so the keys are playing. The pipes. The zither. Zithers. And everything is cool. And at the middle of the service. They say now. There's a moment here that everyone is going to bow down. And... When you bow down, what you are doing is you're worshiping. And there's two things here. You're worshiping the gods that we worship in our culture. And then if you look up to the big image here, we want you to worship the king. We want you to worship Nebuchadnezzar. Now, this directive had already happened prior to what we read here, and the account says that everybody was bowing, and somebody had binoculars, and they looked out, and they saw that these three guys were just standing there. And of course, Nebuchadnezzar is furious, and he comes back, and he calls them in, And he says to them what he said before. I'm going to give you another shot at this. And you really need to be a worshiper. And I want you to worship the gods. And I want you to worship, in essence, how great I am. And if you don't, there will be some consequences. And these three worshippers of God, Daniel's on a business trip, these three worshipers of God, it seems that they had no reticence, that he, they didn't have to think about it. There's no indication they had a group meeting and Shadrach said to Abednego, what do you think? It's only going to be a minute. I mean, all we have to do is bow. That'll be a minute. And then we get right back up. There's no account of that. With all due respect, this small group responds, and they respond to the king. In verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this worship service about this matter. And let the world know that if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, hallelujah, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will, and he will deliver us, Your Majesty. But even if he does not, we want you to know very clearly your majesty, your majesty, that we will not, say that, we will not, say it louder, we will not, will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. We are not going to bow. We are not going to bow this morning. We're not going to bow as the sun goes down, and we're not going to bow if you promote us, and we're not going to bow if you improve the benefits of serving and send us on a four-week vacation to Hawaii. We're not going to bow. It doesn't matter what you come up with. We're not going to bow, because as you know, and you know what happened, Uh, Some years ago when Daniel gave the interpretation of the dream and the king king got saved but he kind of slipped away and they knew who, he knew who they were, that they served the living God and they were not about to give in to what they believed because they had a personal experience with God and they were taking their stance and the consequences were not really significant Because they said, we will, we will not, we will not, say it with me, we will not bow. Turn to somebody and say, we will not bow. We will not not bow. We will not not bow. bow. What we are facing in our culture, what you are facing every day when you go to school, to the university, or to your job, or wherever you are. Our culture, the gods that we are worshiping, the way of life, the world view, is normal today, and there's this proclivity not to honor Jesus, and to love God, and to live our lives seeking him first, and focusing on our destination, because our destination is not this world, it's another world. And so we have gods all around us. And someone says, take this and get medicated, that becomes a god. And someone says, be involved over here in this and then do that, and that becomes a god. And after a while, you find yourself, you're worshiping all the gods around you of the culture. You may not see them, but you do see them. And they are trying to intimidate us. But we are here on this Sunday to stand up and say, with all due respect, we will not bow to any of the gods that are in our nation or around us. We are committed to the God of heaven. Come on. Our God is able. Our God... Is able. now they they had access to to the book of, of Isaiah and maybe they had a little card of Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2 when you pass through the waters I will be with you when you pass through the rivers they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, and the flames will not set you ablaze. No, categorically, absolutely, our God is bigger than your 90-foot deal here. Our God is magnificent. He is sovereign. And I like that song. I would like to sing it every, every day. The Lion and the Lamb. He is the mighty God. He is all powerful. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is majestic. He is over what man has tried to do through the centuries. He is to be worshipped. He is to be honored. If you're 16 or older or 21 or really old at 35, it doesn't matter. He is the king of kings, and we have come to honor him and to lift up his name. God is able. God is able. God is able to deliver us. However, whether God delivers us from or through He is the deliverer. I prefer being delivered from, and I don't know what happens in your life. I don't know what the ratio is, but I find myself having to be delivered through the fire. And that's when you decide whether you're going to allow the flames to touch you because you can be in the fire but not burned. You can be in the fire and bitterness and resentment and what everyone else gets, you don't get it. Because you are a worshiper of the king, and you're not about to allow the flames to come on you, because you're taking your stance, putting your eyes on the Lord. Yes, your husband or wife are walked out, yes, and they didn't come back and you don't understand it totally, but you understand one thing. You will stay true whether he leaves, she leaves, this happens, and I don't have to understand to take a stance. I don't have to understand. I have a myriad of questions, when I get to heaven, I'm gonna say, Jesus, you have just a second. I wanna meet you for coffee over here. And I have my list here of all these questions. Until then, I absolutely do not question. I live on one verse that says, Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to God, and then the things that are revealed belong to me. And I made a decision long time ago, I'm not gonna be in the group that said, well, I don't understand why God did this. And a lot of times, ladies and gentlemen, choices that we make, get us where we are, they have nothing to do with God. Don't bring God into it. If you're driving your car and you go down a one-way street the wrong way, don't say God allowed it. That had nothing to do with God. You turn left and went down the wrong way. I hear Christians, everything happens. Well, God let that happen. And he does let some things happen. Often the problem is my choice got me where where I am, And a lot of times, it's the devil. And don't blame God for what the devil did because God didn't do it, but he can use it to let you soar to a whole new level. To a whole new level. How? How do these three guys have the strength in that kind of a circumstance to stand up and not stutter or hesitate. And I think if we step back, it's about the small things that we do every single day in our lives. We live in the world but we're not of the world. We live in this Babylonian culture and I think we have to pre-make our decisions. It's like if you want to get your body in shape, side note, off my sermon here, you don't go to the buffet wanting the Lord to lead you at the pie <laughs> counter. And you can't say, God loves pies. You have to pre-make your decision where you say, when I'm at the pie counter, I already pre-made my decision to go over to the next counter and say, God is good, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't wait to draw a line sexually till you in on a date. You decide every day, I'm going to stay pure. And when you go in and you date, it's very dangerous to date. And I might add this, if you're dating, uh, everybody should read the book by John Townsend about dating and drawing lines. You just don't go out with some dude and see what happens. No, you let them know, first of all, Christians don't, date on people that aren't Christian (laughs) moving quickly along here since that was received so well (laughs) don't wait till you get to the theater to decide what you're going to bring into your soul and if you're in a theater And they're using that one word as an adjective a lot, get your bag, leave the place, kick your feet, the dust off of them, and walk out and ask for a refund and let them know nicely and graciously, your majesty, give me back my money. (laughs) I don't want my soul to hear that. Don't get involved with shady people and shady deals. Don't do it. Let integrity be your middle name. Because when you lose your honor, the Bible says in Proverbs, your name is more important than your cash in the bank. Your name, who you are. And what is important is not just who you are, it's who you serve and represent. As a pastor, I represent everyone here in one sense. But what I do in my private life, I represent the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I have, and you have, the capacity to bring reproach on Jesus. But we don't do that here. We walk knowing that Christ is real and saying to every opportunity, I will not bow. That looks like a good deal. You guys are cheats and liars. Don't say it to them, they may do something. But in your mind say, that looks so good and walk the other way because you don't want your name on that deal if you make a million dollars because you won't be able to sleep at night because you have dishonored the one who owns you. And what we are saying is that you can make money your point of worship. And a lot of Christians can't give a first to God, people making big money because... Their money is their God, and they still come to church, and they still are worshiping their money because they would cry when they give to God a I'm getting off my notes. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar was so furious. I can't believe you're not going to worship me. <sighs> Causing his soldiers... Strong guys. Tells them. Heat up that furnace. Seven times. And they heat the furnace up. And the Bible says in verse 21. So these men. The three. Wearing their robes. Trousers. Turbans. These guys were dressed. It must have been cold. And other clothes were bound. And thrown into the. Blazing furnace. Can you imagine? Here they are walking to what appears to be the end of their life, bound on the in, on the outside, but as free as can be on the inside. When you do what God wants. When you do what he says, God is going to bless you and honor you. And I don't know why I'm getting back to this thing of God first in our finances and resources. I can tell you this church will never be blessed if you're not blessed. The aggregate of our church being blessed in every area is when you're blessed. When I'm blessed, I bring blessing to the table. When you're blessed, you bring blessing to the table. And when one congregation stops worshiping the idols of money and everything else and says, I will not bow, I'll tell you, revival begins to happen and something powerful is in the workings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says they turned up the heat and they fell into the fire. Maybe you're in the fire right now. You lost your husband. You lost your wife. You lost your job. You lost your baby. You're in the fire. Boy, it's hot. I know what that's like. You're in the fire. And there they were, hands bound. Verse 24, then King Nebuchadnezzar, he must be looking in the door, and all of a sudden he he thought he lost his mind. He leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, his cabinet, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? Yes, sir, your majesty. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Look, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. And it was the son of God, Jesus, the Theophany, he showed up in the fire. I don't know what they were doing in their small group in the fire. I don't know whether the guys said, "Hey Jesus, thanks for coming. It's really nice to have you in our group here this morning." And we kind of we were just like talking about God, but you show up personally and, uh, "How's everything going in heaven?" And Jesus said, "Well, forget heaven. What's what's happening down here?" I mean, the Father sent me down to help you guys. What what would you do? Because when you're in the fire, don't you think for a moment you're by yourself. Because the Son of God, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords is present. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. 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 The king gets saved again. And verse 30, I want you to read it with me. Verse 30. Then the king promoted Shadrach. Hallelujah. 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 Promotion. Promotion does not come from man. It comes from God. And when you pass through the fire... God promotes you to another level spiritually. I believe he gives you more insight and revelation because now he can trust you that you won't be so exalted and walk around like you know it all. Have you ever met godly people, they're omniscient and they know everything about everything? No, you've been through so much fire You know, anything and everything comes from the Lord God Almighty. And he gives you more opportunity to actually have a voice in the culture. And he gives you opportunities to be able to minister and be a spokesperson for Christ. What happened? Why did God elevate a man by the name of Billy Graham? Because Billy Graham was a man of God and a man of integrity and, and had character. And God could trust him to go to the nations of the, earth, with, to the, of the world because he was all about Jesus and honoring Christ. And what we have in this nation is we're always honoring, we're always lifting up these other gods and we lift up how great we are. Listen. Our greatness is in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our greatness. Come on. Come on. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Daniel, Daniel chapter three points to Jesus. Jesus, who went through the fire, who went to the cross, had the nails driven into his hands and his feet and a crown of thorns. But the good news for us on this day is the fact. Hallelujah. Colossians 2.15 says, having disarmed the powers and authorities. He made an open spectacle, a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. Every demon's power, every principality, every power that says you're not going to make it. We can be triumphed on this day in Jesus' name. I think of many years ago, after Jesus called a coterie of believers to a prayer meeting. And in that prayer meeting, the Holy Spirit came down. John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water, but somebody's coming going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Fire destroys the desires and the things in our being that shouldn't be there. Desires to do the wrong thing. So when the tempter comes, the desire is there. And he sweeps us away. The fire of the Holy Spirit is not just for a meeting like this. It's when I'm out there and some temptation is coming at me. And it looks good and I want to do it. And my whole body says that looks good. And inside you have the fire of the Spirit of God burning out those things that you can say, I'll not bow to that. Holy Spirit is... Holy Spirit is given an outpouring. It's not just to feel his presence. It's to burn the stuff out of you. You know why we don't have passion a lot of times? We had this stuff in us. Dull. And it's not going to change. And that's the fire. The Spirit gets in there. Starts burning that stuff out. Passiveness. Not pursuing the Lord. Not going after God. Consumed with something. And the Holy Spirit's about power. 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 Lay hands on the sick. Power. Get up in the morning and say, I don't care how I feel. I got the power in me. Got the fire in me. What this church needs, and what you need, and I need, is not just a good feeling. We need to be hit on Monday. The fire. We come together in a gathering like this. And that Holy Spirit begins to come over us. And we have to begin to say, Holy Spirit, set a fire in my soul. We're, team is coming out here. This is not a song to sing only. Put the words up there, please. It says, set, and what, what we're asking is not set a fire on everybody else set a fire I'm not gonna think about my wife, okay, I need to think about Alex Klattenberg set a fire Downside of me where oh Sorry (laughs) In here Here Why So we have more of God Hey listen People come to church once a month. You know what it is? It's not busyness. <laughs> There's no kick in here. As Christians come once a month, once a month, in the country, most. Well, we're busy. <laughs> Business has nothing to do with it. If you love tennis, you watched a match yesterday. Anybody love tennis? Three people, thank you. <laughs> Shows point in case. Case in point. I pray that you catch on fire. But more than that, I pray I catch on fire. And I pray all these people on the stage catch on fire to a greater point. And our pastors and me, and we set a fire. Forget the nations. This song says, in my soul and what it is it's a request okay and what happens I have more of you I'm gonna ask no one to leave for a second you don't have to stand you don't have to do anything but these people on the platform stage are gonna to preach to us in this song set a fire how many want to be set a fire set a fire It's amazing that at one point that God the Father in heaven literally sent his Son to earth seeking and searching for every person because our hearts most naturally, Jeremiah said, are tilted away from God, and we need to open our hearts and really meet Jesus. It's not about being Catholic or Protestant or maybe the house where people worship. It's about my house, my heart. And to know that no matter how, how far we've run, and we've gone the wrong way, and we have all these regrets. It's at that point we really make a decision to move away from what the enemy puts on us because of our choices of guilt, condemnation, and shame. To get up in the morning and look in that mirror and feel this overwhelming sense of shame makes the devil so happy because he holds us. Those things don't come from God. They come from the person, Satan, that brings those things. And I have watched for decades when one person raises a hand and says, I need Jesus. Remember the day I did that. And you may be here, you may be watching online, and I want you to know that in Christ there's hope and there's love and there's grace, and all you have to do is come. And you, you don't even have to have understanding, just that you're lost and you need to be forgiven. And the Bible says we actually come to Christ as children and we walk down an aisle or we just say Jesus I need you in just a moment we're gonna count to three and maybe that's you you're here today and God is saying come on come back sometimes there are people that really knew God even in the Bible and they kinda walked away from him Solomon did that So, it's never too late to come back. No matter how you feel, you can say today, i come to Jesus, and I know the cross is real, forgiveness can be mine, and when forgiveness comes and you turn towards Jesus, all of the Condemnation leaves. He replaces it with forgiveness and righteousness. I love looking in the mirror and knowing. This morning I was thinking, I'm righteous in Christ, not because of what I did. I'm going to count to three if that's you. Once you just throw up your hand and get out of what you're in. This is not about joining our church. This is about joining Jesus. Get out. Get out. Don't you allow the enemy to hold you in his clutches. You get out. I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. Throw up your hands. Say, yes. Put it up. All over the building. Yes, yes. Put it up. Put it up. Yes. Put Put it up. Put it up. Put it up. Put it up. I'm going to ask those that lifted your hand, or maybe you did not, come down here. We're going to have a two minute prayer with you right down here. And you, you make a stand for Christ. Come on. Come right now. Come right now. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Yes. Yes. Yes, the balcony come down. these people getting out, getting into Jesus. Come on. We're not thinking right now how bad you've been. Are you that are watching? Our focus is on how great Jesus is. And we're going to pray a prayer. And if you pray this prayer from your heart, and come like a child to Jesus, invite him into your heart. And I think there are a lot here maybe that also need to pray that prayer. There are some John Wesley's in this room, some Deborah's, some Billy Graham's. Billy Graham came at one time to an altar like this. Your destiny is beyond your imagination. So we're gonna pray this prayer, and right after that, Pastor Jeff is here, Chris. We're gonna take you to the side. Just a couple minutes, we're gonna give you a Bible. And we got some friends there, they're actually nice. And so, uh, you're watching. Let's all say this prayer, family, and join these that are here. Just say, Jesus. Jesus. I put my faith in you that you took, you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and he is alive. And he is alive. I turn from, my sin. I, turn from my, sin. I of my sin. I repent of my sin. And I abandon my life, and I abandon my life to, follow Jesus. to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart Forgive me of my sin give me your grace. and give me, your grace, give me your grace, the gift of righteousness, righteousness. And, eternal and eternal life. If you prayed that prayer from your heart, you're in. Go with that. Go ahead. Go with that. Everyone, no one move. Uh, no one move for just 30 seconds, please. No one move. Please, no one. I don't know, I got up this morning with this, I'm like overwhelmed, this thing of the calling of God on our church for a massive revival. A Revival to me is seeing people come to Christ, that's most important, get, getting them into heaven. And I personally am believing for 100 people every weekend to come to Christ. I wanna ask everyone to pray about inviting a friend to every service that we see, we have two million, 300,000 people to win the city. We're not called, this community only, we're called to a city, the whole city. Time is running out. Our nation is going straight down. Washington cannot solve it, because our problem is not about money, our problem is about spiritual life there's no hope for America other than the church. Now, we have to pick up this pace. Most churches do not have a Wednesday night service, okay? The reason we started this in the beginning was, my God, we want to start a revival around here. We want to see 500 high school kids over here, okay? We want to see 300 of our kids. Why? If you don't get that next generation, you can't take a city. Now, here's what is happening. Everybody's kind of busy. We can't come Wednesday night. If you've got a high school your family, you've got to bring them. Pastor PJ, their whole family. This is a kickin' night. It's for revival. And God is saying to us, saying to me, Alex, man, you've got you to gotta see this thing like, like shake And move imagine a hundred getting saved every week that whole section comes to Christ again we're not called to this church we're called to the city and you've got to get out more and tell people about Jesus you're not aggressive enough and either am I and friends people are lost without Jesus you can't be silent There's a destiny on this church. (laughs) I'd like to tell you how big it is, but Judy said don't use that number, so I'm not going to do that. But it's massive. Right now, we're like a small Sunday school class. You can't imagine where we're going. I want you to join hands together right now. These These came in Wednesday night and I've been, I carry them everywhere. Oh, the the needs are unbelievable. So I'm gonna pray for this, okay. I I don't wanna preach without signs following. Because the Bible says, signs follow. When you preach the word, it's like, oh my God, anything can happen. So I'm gonna pray for this, and then we're gonna pray for healing, and you're holding somebody's hand, and who knows what can go down that row. The big healing need is here inside. Okay, that's the biggest thing. Heart's broken. You're in a divorce. You're broken. Holy Father, on that day you said, start this church. You said this was not just to be an assembly. This was to shake a city. God, we are a family, but we are an army. Awaken us to the time. America is going straight down. We're redefining what's right and wrong. And I ask, Lord, that you would bring us under conviction that in this church We are not compromising. Let there be a conviction of the Holy Spirit. When we walk in this place, this is a holy place. God, you know every prayer request here that's come in. Hundreds. My kids. My kids. Our marriage. My kids. My dad. My mom. My kids. My kids. My family. God, I pray that you will shake up Wednesday night, that there'll be 300 young people over here, and we'll put sports aside and get them in to God. And I pray, God, that this church will shake the next generation in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, let wonder come over this church before we walk out. And I pray that healing would come to every person, lift your hand, and begin to thank God for healing your heart, your body, and just begin to praise him now. Kind of a song, just just praising the Lord. Lift your hands, lift your hands, lift your hands, lift your hands. Set a fire, set a fire. Come on, lift your hands. Set a fire, set a fire, set a fire. Hallelujah. I declare a blessing over this congregation. That your going out will be a blessing. That your coming in will be a blessing. I declare a blessing on your family. I declare a blessing on your children. I declare promotions and jobs. I declare an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I declare that your houses are blessed. And I declare this blessing in the name of the Father and of the Son Jesus, and of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah.